podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi everyone, it's GigPod episode 148. I'm Stevie and we've got a fairly packed show for you all to cram into the next 25 minutes or so. And of course I won't be doing it myself. So hello Rizzo, who joins me for this fun-filled recording. John, tell the listeners who may already know this big news if they saw our Instagram story on Saturday night. How did you manage to sit next to me at Hamden when our tickets weren't originally beside each other? Uh, hi Stevie, hi to all the listeners. Because I text, because I thought I texted you beforehand when I managed to get my hands on a ticket, thanks to a good old friend of mine, and we went, we ended up in the same stand, the north stand, in different sections though. So after I'd sat through a gale and a, a hurricane practically in the first half, I found that you were sitting further up. So I came up and I stood next to you in the second half, and we had a, we had a great time watching some. Uh, some interesting VAR decisions which weren't annoying at all, but uh, more of that in a minute. Back to I didn't actually know if I was in the right seat or no. Yes, that was weird. You thought you were in the wrong section, even though you weren't, but you did spot a guy that I think was sitting in front of you that you remembered for the first half. So I don't know what you were you were thinking in the first half. But no, it was uh, a memorable 45 minutes sitting by, beside each other for a, a number of reasons in Hamden. What a, what a great stadium. No, no a dump at all. It's in the middle of nowhere that you get soaked in and it's difficult for people to get home for it. Great, great national stadium, I'd say. Celtic did there, but they won 2-0 against Kilmarnock to put their place in the Via Play Cup final. And that is going to be on February the 26th against Rangers. Um, the prices of the tickets came out today and everything, John, and of course it's going to be a nightmare to get a ticket for one. Of course, I think it's going to be back to the good old 50-50 ballot and there's going to be all sorts of greeting and there's going to be pleading on that Celtic Spurs account. There's going to be a bit of a riot again, just like that semi-final back in April last season. What are your chances of getting a ticket for that one, Rizzo? I'd say probably uh, not great. I mean, that's one of the reasons I was hoping that Aberdeen won. And Sunday, because I'd, I'd say my chances of getting a ticket would be much better, because even though I'm sure they'd greet about getting a 50-50 split, they wouldn't have sold, like, half the tickets, no way. And I think I would have had a better chance. But, I mean, there's no point even going through to Hamden, standing with money in there. Well, I might have done in the old days, because there's no chance you get a ticket. No, I think, for me, I'll be... I'll either watch in the house or in the good old pub, only on the lucky pub, in fact. But I wouldn't say what pub that is for, for many reasons. Because our, our many fans would come and besiege his autograph requests and he buys pints. Actually, I might say the pub. <laughs> no, no, for me, I think it'll be either the the lucky pub or the house, because I have got Viaplay sports that brilliant channel. So only time will tell on that front, but I don't think I've got much chance of getting a ticket. You have probably got a better chance than me, I'd say, but I mean, you might still be 50-50 at best. Anyway, the audience don't want to listen about me and you greeting about tickets, do they? They want to hear us talking about the football. And before the game, John, it was essentially the team 
that we predicted, wasn't it? Although I did think that Alistair Johnson was going to keep his place in the team, but no, uh, Joseph Juranovic came in. Turned out to be a excellent decision from the manager, but as well, but a shame that Benjamin Segrist wasn't available because he's been the goalie in the cup so far. But I think a bug and an injury have kept him out. Uh, Scott Bain was on the bench, but Joe Hart was actually an inspired choice in goal because he made some really big saves for us. He was excellent on Saturday. I didn't expect him to be as well because I thought he'd have he what he do after Kamarnock's brilliant tactics last week, but no, Kamarnock actually had a go. And uh, I thought Joe Hart made a couple of good saves. One in the first half, especially when he got low down to a shot. I thought that was an excellent save when it was still nothing each. And a good save for a header as well, just after Kamarnock scored. In fact, he made a brilliant one in the second half as well. It was a sort of an instinctive save. I think it was a shot. Uh, it was inside the penalty box. Or, or it took a deflection, I can't remember. But it was a, a good instinctive save in the second half. And I thought he played well. And now, I mean, we won't talk about the final yet because I'm sure we'll do a big massive preview of before it, but I mean, it'll be interesting to see if he keeps place in the final or if uh, Segrist comes back and regarding JJ, I think basically the only reason he played is because Johnson had an injury before the game and Ange said the day that Johnson's back so it'll be interesting to see, I know we'll talk about the St. Mirren game later, but it'll be interesting to see if JJ keeps his place in the team or no because I thought he did well, I mean he was getting up the pitch like he used to okay, the opposition wasn't as good, but he was about and he was playing in his rightful position as well, but he was about 100 times better than he was against Rangers. So I'd say that Andrew's team selection did work, and his subs worked as well, as we'll talk about later on. But no, it was uh, about nine-tenths of the team would predict, and the ones that came in to start did a good job. Yeah, and it was JJ that actually helped set up the first goal. He bombed all the way up the park. Uh, we won a free kick. And Adam Moydron, who we both said was the man in the match directly after the game, even during the match as well, he was a standout. A fantastic ball in from him. It was an excellent set piece and uh, the great guy that is Kyle Lafferty made a complete mess of it. Hit it off Dyson Maeda and we go 1-0 up. And if any of you watch 67 Hail Hail on Saturday, we mean Hamish. There was a guy in front of us who was actually the key guy that I recognised for knowing that I was in my right seat at halftime with John. But this guy turned around to me screaming, Lafferty OG, Lafferty OG. And, you know, it didn't say on the scoreboard that Dyson Maeda scored. So I think, to be fair, um, where we were sitting, and I know you get such a, a great view at Hamden. That's me doing my best Rizzo uh, impression there with the sarcasm. But I don't think anyone knew who scored. So in the end, it was Dyson. And the way that Adam Moy sort of delivered that set piece, it was the ball was just like there to be attacked, wasn't it? And you've got to say fair play to Maeda for anticipating the mistake that Lafferty was making because it's not just a bit of luck. That's down to like good anticipation and awareness. No, it was a very good attacking player. And I thought Dyson had a great game. I mean, we'll go on to... He's- Disallowed goal later, which was a wonderful goal. And it was a good laugh to ham to Kyle Lafferty, could you ham to a, a better person? But I had, I mean, because of where I was sitting in the first half, I had no clue what happened with the goal until I saw it, the highlights that night. I, I just saw the the free kick going, it was a great free kick by Moy, and just a tangle of bodies, and the ball ended up in the net. I had no clue what happened. Didn't know who had scored, then it came up that uh, Dyson had scored. But no, I mean, I know we'll talk about him again in a wee bit, but Aaron Moy I thought was sensational and his set pieces were very good and it is good to see that we've got a threat from set pieces. I mean, there were another couple with more chances for free kicks and corners I thought in the game than we had recently and that should be a big part of our goal scoring repertoire. I'd say when you've got like two huge guys in the team like CCV and Carl Starfield, they should be scoring a lot of goals and if Moy keeps putting in free kicks like that and 
the block and the flick to a Celtic player. I mean, the more goals I'd say would get. But uh, no, it was a real shame for Kyle Lafferty. What a shame for him. You can tell he wasn't even match fit. I mean, I think his talent is minuscule at best anyway. But I don't know what McInnes was doing throwing him into a game like that when you can tell that he was nowhere near fit enough to go up against the likes of CCV and Starfelt. Bizarre decision, but hey, that's that's Derek McInnes for you, isn't it? You know, in his defence, what I will say is it, it couldn't get much worse than last week, though, could it? Kamarnock had to come and give it a go. We had Mikey on the show, obviously, and that's what he was saying. He was ashamed of the way Kilmarnock set up at Celtic Park, and he was hoping that on Saturday, Kilmarnock actually went for it, and I think it's fair to say they did. Before we scored, Kilmarnock had chances, and then we started controlling the game without really creating much. And then we scored, and then after that, the game just fell into a bit of a lull, and I think a lot of that was down to the Hamden pitch. You know, you've got our guys like Rio Hitati John and Jota, our very skillful flair players. Like they were just in no man's land at times because the pitch was just cutting up, and you know, the way they like to play football, John, there wasn't really an opportunity to actually get the ball down in the deck, pass it around, and, and play their natural style of football, you know. So that was a big factor, I felt, in our performance, and we just weren't finding a rhythm whatsoever the longer that game went on, especially in the second half. I thought we played slightly better towards the end of the game, but, I mean, I don't want to be a, a Steven Gerrard type of guy and make excuses, but the weather was horrendous. It really was just no good to play football, and then that pitch was a disgrace, the way it cut up, and that is going to be a concern for the final, and I see that the SFA and the SPFL have already released a statement about how they'll try and make the pitch better. For the final, good luck with that, because I'm sure they'd love it if the, the, the big final between like the two, well, I suppose the two biggest teams in Scotland, and uh, the game's ruined with a pitch. I mean, I suppose that would suit Rangers more than us, although I'm sure they wouldn't agree with that, because I think our, our football is sort of more suited for like playing it in the deck, and I mean, if the pitch cuts up, it, it won't be good at all, and that would be embarrassing. I mean, I know the SFA don't get embarrassed anyway. Look at all the stuff they've done over the years. But they should be embarrassed if the pitch ruins the cup final next month. They've got five weeks to fix it. And I don't want it to be a Steven Gerrard type and going about conditions or referees or send eight-point letters to the SFA. But the pitch was a disgrace. And and that really must be improved for this big final. I mean, I think there's only one game in England that day and it kicks off at half one. So everybody will be watching the cup final. I mean, people in England always watch Celtic Rangers games anyway. Everybody will be watching this cup final and they need to get that pitch sorted. It didn't help Celtic at all. I don't really think it helped Rangers and Aberdeen the next day, although good old VAR and referees have a lot to do with that as well. But the pitch was a joke and they really need to fix it. And I mean, we won't use that. As, we'll, I think we'll be okay for the final anyway. We'll talk about it another time. But I mean, they need that. We need that sorted, so... Do your jobs, SFA Beaks. That's the that's the gig pod message to you. We use the word disgrace a lot on here, but I, I can't find of a more fitting way to describe that. It was terrible. Just so, so bad. And the lack of football on the pitch and everything as well. And it's not for the first time. There's been times, John, in the past, like when in the Lenny era, when we got to Hamden as well, every time we went there, like the pitch would always be cutting up and, you know, it was just always in a pretty shambolic state. So I... I know that they're saying they're going to try and fix it, they're going to do this, they're going to make these crazy promises, but, you know, I still reckon that if it's crap weather leading up to that game, the pitch is going to be a shambles, and it'll only suit one team more than the other team. And we know who that is, don't we? Who knows, that week, John, we might even do a weather watch uh, before the game. But anyway, let's talk about VAR again now on GigPod. I am getting to the point where I'm so bored, you can maybe hear it in my voice. 
not with doing the podcast with Rizzo, but with talking about VAR. I think when it initially came in, we're thinking it was going to be a bit of parter. Yeah, it was going to be here to stay, but there'll be funny situations with it, but it's actually just, I don't want to say it's killed going to the football and watching games because it's not, that's an exaggeration, but it really has sucked the joy out of celebrating a Celtic goal recently. I mean, that one Kyogo scored against Rangers, we were terrified to go mental. And a lot of that was down to Hamish thinking it was offside, but he convinced the entire pub that it was. And then it turns out it was a goal. But, you know, it's not the same when you celebrate that after it. And then, John, we went mad when Dyson Maeda. What a finish that was to make it 2-0. We have a wee asterisk symbol next to it, of course. And then it seemed to go on for about three or four minutes that it was a goal check. And then that big thing comes up in the scoreboard. VR check, goal disallowed. And you're like, I mean, it was the narrowest of narrow margins. And, you know, fair enough. They maybe got the decision right. But how long it took, it was just obscene. And I think we said, John, that VAR was going to be like a bit of a mess with the fact that Scottish football doesn't take itself seriously anyway. You've got refs that are part-time. They think it's a jolly. I don't want to cover old ground. I've said it plenty on 67 Hail Hail and in here about why it wasn't going to work up here. But it should have been taking like three or four minutes to see if a goal like that is offside or not, shouldn't it not, John? And I think we just turned around to each other and rather getting raging about it, but we're just exasperated going, oh well, another one. It was a pain because that was such a brilliant, brilliant team goal. I mean, it was a great finish by Dyes and a lovely flick by Kyogo, who was maybe marginally offside. But it's the thing, well, you celebrate and then two minutes later the goal's disallowed. It's, it does sort of ruin it in a way. And I mean, if something like that in the cup final, for example, if we score a goal and everybody goes mad and then it's disallowed two minutes later, people will be going ballistic and rightfully so. And it, it does sort of take a lot of enjoyment out of the game. I mean, I still like going to see Celtic, but the, the VAR thing is a pain. And it's a bit worse than all because, I mean, it was weird because the, the referee didn't even go and look at it to check it was, if it was offside. I don't know if he just does that with penalties or no. And of course, didn't do that on Saturdays. Derek McInnes whined on and on and on about but no, I mean, it, it does sort of ruin it. I mean, you don't know, as you said, I mean, talking about the goal, Kyogo scored at Ibrox. Hamish, who I was besides, standing beside in the pub, had, was convinced me, can I celebrate it? Can I celebrate it? It's offside. And then, of course, it wasn't. He. But no, it does sort of ruin it to an extent. And it was such a brilliant goal. The fact that the linesman didn't agree and nobody thought it was in wrong way. And then all of a sudden, it's just disallowed. It, it does sort of take something out of the game. Thankfully, it didn't cost us in the end, but it, it does take a lot of the game, and I really don't like VAR at all. I mean, everybody knows it by now. Gigpod doesn't like VAR, but it does take a lot out of the game. Now, you mentioned that great guy, Derek McInnes, and the penalty shout. I think you've been quite vocal about it on Twitter, where you said that you still don't think it was a penalty. Now, my shoot on it is, at the game, it definitely looked like one, and we are relieved that we got away with it. Having seen it, I still think, you know, I've seen them giving, and if it was... In our box, if that's like Kyogo up against like Ash Taylor and he does that to him, I'm screaming for it and I'm raging if we don't get it. You know, having watched the replay though, for different angles, I do think the commander player is looking for it and he goes down before like Gigi's even touched him. So I can understand why it wasn't given. At the same time, I'd be screaming for it if it was a Celtic player there that went down like that. So, Rizzo, what do you think? I mean, at the game, me and you looked at each other and thought, that might be a penalty, that's going to go to VAR. And then, of course, it never really calmed, didn't he? Even bother look, getting the VAR referee to look at it. And, I mean, I've seen them given. Usually, no, when it happens to a Celtic player, though. Boom, boom. That is satire. 
But, I mean, the, the Kelly player was looking for it. I'd say it's 50-50 at best. But, I mean, if it, it's the same old story, though. When we get a marginal decision in our favour, and I think that was marginal, people flip it. I mean, look at that goal that Kyogo scored against Hearts last year. Robin Nielsen flipped it. Crawford Allen had to go on Radio Scotland to talk about it. People just, when you look at all the terrible decisions we get against this, I mean, the number of handballs we've no had this season, the, the penalties we've conceded, and of course, if ever we complain about it, it's to the paranoia world, apparently we're paranoid. But then when we get a decision in our favour, it's wall-to-wall mayhem for days on end. The McInnes is still going on about it today. So there has to be a message. Either we're paranoid or we're not allowed to get any decisions. Make your, make your mind up, lads, what's it meant to be? But no, I've seen them given. I've seen them no given. The, the killer player was, I think, looking for it. And I think Gigi was a bit clumsy, but to me it was 50-50 at best. And I'm no surprise he never gave it. And I think Willie Collins a rubbish referee and I thought he was poor on Saturday. But I think he got that one right. So good on him for once. I don't think it was... I mean, I've seen them given, but I don't think it was a stonewall penalty that McInnes and everybody's been screaming about all week. So they'll just need to move on. These things even themselves out. That's what we always told. That's what we're always told. So they'll just need to move on and see what happens the next time they play. Maybe they'll get a decision against. Oh, they're playing Rangers tomorrow. They'll not get a decision against them. Oh well, just take me forget about it and move on. One of the things that people have been screaming about all week is the impending departure of Gigi and John. But a fitting way to go out. Two of our substitutes combined. James Forrest played an excellent pass to David Tumble. His effort was saved by Sam Walker, and Gigi scored probably one of the easiest goals he'll ever score for Celtic. Probably is going to be his last goal for the club. And me and you have been texting fairly regularly on this subject, John. But we really have to get a replacement in. Has to be a replacement that is fairly physical, like Gigi as well. The floor is yours for the next two minutes on how you feel about his uh, imminent departure from the club. Well, I mean, I think if he wants to leave, that's his prerogative. I think he's been a good player for us. He scored, I think, 25 goals, 26 goals. That was a good way for his Celtic career to end with a, a goal in a cup semi-final. We can't beat that. I think people... There doesn't seem to be a happy medium. There's people are either furious he's leaving, or people are either kidding on that he wasn't a big player for us, which he was. You just need to look at the goals he scored last year, that hat trick against Dundee. People forget how important that win was at the time. Of course, the goal he won the league at Tannadice, three times he was brilliant against Rangers. Okay, he didn't score, which the strikers meant to do, but it caused them so much trouble. And I mean, that performance at Ibrooks, he'd done a lot of defending that day. And boy, I thought it was just fantastic when we won at Ibrooks. Even the game at Ibrox the other week, he, he's helped set up the equaliser for Kyogo. And I think he's been a good player for us. I mean, I think I think it's like three million, three point five million pounds. I know it's four million euros. That seems sort of know a lot of money for me when you consider how long his contract's left to run. But I mean, we've heard that for a while that he's likely that he's going to leave. I think he wants to leave and good luck to him in the future. I think he's been a, a very good player for us. I mean, he's Maybe nobody's as good as people say, but he's nowhere, nobody anywhere near as bad as people say. And it's no easy to score goals in Scotland. I don't care what MD says. A lot of players find it difficult. He did it first and then was joint top scorer last season in the Premier League. You just you can't just forget that. But as you say, the big thing is that we get a replacement in as soon as possible. I'd say within the next week, definitely, because if we're, if we're getting somebody from abroad, which I think it will be. I don't believe the Kevin Nisbet rumours. That's just no Ange and Celtic style. They hardly ever buy players for Scotland. I'll be a player for abroad again and he might need time to bed in. And I know people will say, oh, we can play Dyson up front. That'd be ridiculous when he's in the best form of his career, you know, on the wing. Or 
you can play Joe or you can play Lila Blada in the wing. There's a reason why they players don't play up front for Celtic. Because there are no strikers. I think Leo Labada played there once when Kyogo done his hamstring at St. Johnson uh, in 2021 in the COVID crowd game. And I don't think he's played there since. I mean, strikers have to play up front. It doesn't work playing wingers up front. I mean, I think Dyson did against Livingston once, but that was a sort of a weird game. But no, he's in the form of his life in the wing. It'd be ridiculous moving, using him as a striker. And no, we need to bring a striker in. It's got a decent goal pedigree within the next week so that he's bedded in. Because if, let's say, Kyo gets injured tomorrow night, I don't care what anybody says, that would be a big blow for us. And we'd need to play Dyson up front, probably. And I don't care what anybody says, that is not his best position. So, Angel know, and the board will know, that if GG leaves, which I think he will, that we need to get a striker in as soon as possible. That's the most important thing. And good luck to GG. He's been a good player for us. And I'm sure he'll be back in about 10 years to do the half-time draw. Again, just like John, I'm very grateful for the contribution that he's made. We've been there for that league without him last season. But the most important thing is Celtic will survive without him. We'll survive without bigger and better players than him. And it is just really important that we start thinking about the future without him right now and we get a replacement in. So I echo John's thoughts on that one. But yeah, um, we'll definitely do a podcast about Gigi down the line. And of course, probably about Juranovic as well. Um, when he leaves and that's going to be announced probably in the next couple of weeks isn't it I know the manager says that there's been no serious news on it but you know what it'll be like John um, when it comes to that last week before the transfer window and the last few days leading up to it the agents are just on the phone to every single club and something will happen it's inevitable as Thanos would say now before we get a St Mirren shoot prediction John I just want to say the via play final against Rangers right a lot of people up in arms about this one the prices came out today and the cheapest ticket for an adult is £39 in the east stand behind the goal. And if you're in the south stand, lower, um, the tickets are ranging from £44 to £49. What is your shoot opinion on the prices there? I'm not surprised. I knew they'd do that because it's the league. It's their cup. The, S- the, S- the SPFL and the SFA, they'll be wanting to get as much money as they can for the fans. So I think it's too dear. I'm no surprised, though. I mean, if we were playing Aberdeen in the final, I don't think it'd be anything like it, near as bad as that, but it's because it's Celtic Rangers, and I think I'll, uh, I'll put in the back burner my plans to get a ticket. It's the pub for me. Well, it'll be the house for you, not the pub tomorrow, to watch the Samaritan game, won't it? But me, as a true real Celtic fan, John, I will be there at Celtic Park. In the miserable weather, of course, as we play St Mirren. Now, I'm going to get a quick shoot prediction from you. But St Mirren haven't won in the last five games. I think the last win was against Aberdeen at home on Christmas Eve. Despite that, they're still in the top half of the table. They're sixth, um, joint with Hibs, but I think they've got a better sort of goal difference than them. So, they're in the sixth place. What other changes do you think will be made, John, other than Matt O'Reilly coming in? Maybe a wee uh, run out for Kobayashi, or do you think that'll be for the Morton game for him? And also, what is your shoot prediction for it? I'm going to go with Celtic to win 2-0. A stuffy, horrible game, but as long as we get the three points, so I care about. I think it's too early for Kobayashi. The usual suspect will, uh, I think, play on Saturday. There's a bit of a film humour for you there. I think O'Reilly will come back. I think Abad will probably start instead of Jota. I think Jota's sort of not really playing well now. I think maybe Alistair Johnson's back. I think he might start instead of uh, JJ. And it wouldn't surprise me if Haxabana, which was involved too. I know Ange likes him and I know that he's fit as well. So I don't know if he'll start, but I think he'll at least get 20 minutes. Someone on, of course, only team he beat is this season. And I think like you, unbelievably, have got the same prediction. A difficult, stuffy game. Glad that I'm going to be watching it in legal ways, of course, even though I'm a real fan. 
and just like you, I think it'll be two nothing. I don't. I think it'll be a game we get at one, and then we will just forget that it happened because I don't think it'll be a free flowing feast of football at all. But as long as we get the three points, as you said, that's the only thing that matters. One thing I did forget to cover that is quite important. Saturday just showed you how important Greg Taylor is for Celtic. With the, I mean, I don't want to get on Burnaby's back and anything, right? I know he'll be playing tomorrow, and rightly so. Hopefully um, he has a better game than he did at Hamden. But I think it's fair to say, John, and again, I think Burnaby will come good for us. But really it just showcased that in big games like the semi-final, like we saw at Hamden, you've got to have Greg Taylor fit for that final, and I think he will be. But he's just massive for us, isn't he? And I don't even think Kilmarnock get a lot of joy um, in the second half like they did, you know, if Greg Taylor was fit and available. So I can't wait till he's back in the first team again. And what a turnaround for him that we're now screaming for him to be fit after the, the last couple of seasons. No, we're not the same team without him. I mean, I know that with the Rangers game, everybody looks back at that Joe Hart mistake that brought them into the game. But really, when Taylor got injured, we were one of the same team because JJ and his uh, place replaced him with a nightmare. So no, I mean it is a big difference for a couple of years ago, but he's so massively important to us. We need him back for the final. We need him back before before then. I mean, I know it's early days for Burnaby and we're not criticizing him. But I don't think he's back for the more anyway, Taylor, because I I see that everybody's back, but I didn't mention him. So I think he's still out for a while yet. But hopefully he's back, if no for Morton, for uh, I think Tandy's a week later. But no. We do miss him. He's a very, very important player for us. And as you say, it showed at Hamden. Thanks to everyone for listening, by the way. And myself and John will probably be back on Sunday or Monday, where we'll be reviewing the St Mirren and, of course, the Morton game and talking about if any other players are coming in or leaving Celtic. So cheers again, John. It's all yours. Thank you, Stevie. Thank you to all listeners. As usual, you know where to find us by now on all the usual podcast platforms. Leave us five stars and give us great ratings and reviews and tell us how great we are. You can find Stevie on Twitter and Instagram at GigPod and there's always good clips there and various bits and bobs. As Stevie says, we'll be back at the weekend on Sunday or Monday after the St. Mirren and Morton game with reviews of those. Thanks everybody for listening. We'll speak to you all soon and hail, hail. Podcast Network.